regardless of how we find ourselves in the world of divorce, the one thing we have complete control over is how we behave from here on out. We have two choices. One is to remain stuck in the stories, the anger and pain. And the other is to take a breath, adjust our sail to the wind, and work harder than ever before to create a new story for our children, for ourselves, and for the world around us. It's your choice, your work, but I'll be in your corner. Welcome to In Your Corner Divorce Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I am your host. I am so excited to have you here. Will you introduce yourself? My name is Billy Jo Millette, and I am a life coach for stepmoms. Yeah, I mean... I had to press record because I would have just kept talking to you about it. And I'm so excited. But before we get to your story about what you're doing, I want to give yeah. you some street cred with my listeners that you know what you're Love talking it. about. Yeah. So we're going to go back in time. Tell Let's me about pre-kids meeting your ex and what that whole thing was like. Um, it was like, I always think of like, you think you know what you're doing. So you think you know what you're doing. I was very arrogant. I thought that I could love us enough for both of us. And you can't. (laughs) Can I just pause you for a second? So one of my favorite things to talk about with this topic is, and you could probably relate to this. Remember when you'd be like in high school or middle school and the teacher would announce that there's going to be a group project. Mm -hmm. Did that make you groan? Because that meant that somebody was not going to pull their weight and then you're going to be stressed out. Yes, then, like, I'd be the one doing all the yes, work. Yes, me too. <laughs> That's what marriage is like when it's not the right partner. And totally. it's the only group project that cannot get an A with you doing all the work. You, can, yeah. you cannot make it work on your own. So you're, you're trying to love, it, love everybody enough for, your, for everybody, for yourself, on your yeah. own. How's yeah. it going? We, so we had my daughter and like I'm all in on the whole mom life like I'm also a nurse so I'm like working evenings and trying to stay home with her during the day and it just we were just never together right if there comes a point in time where like we were just two ships passing in the night and um ultimately there was an infidelity and that for me was like a hard boundary but I still firmly believe that and the infidelity is just a symptom of. Oh my God. I'm so glad you problem. said that because I think that there's not usually the space for it. If you both aren't doing everything you can to create those fulfillments and needs and lo- love and not just physical, like intimate and yeah. mentally and spiritually. So before the infidelity that you yeah. discovered, I'm guessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any red flags looking back? Oh, there were for sure red flags, right? Tell us about them. (laughs) There were for sure red flags. Like there was flirting and I never felt like paid attention to, and I would never felt like I had won the prize, right? Or even like I was the prize that had been won. Mm -hmm. I never felt like, oh yeah, well, simmer down everybody. Cause I landed that bad boy. (laughs) It just was never, it was never like, I never felt shiny Mm -hmm. to him. Right. Like I never felt shiny. I'm remarried now. I love that. So you're remarried. Yeah. And I am too. And you know what I was just reading? Because I have like a million notes from so many interviews and I was Mm -hmm. transcribing them. And one of the notes I read 
for I have it like all in different sections, like what the different advice is, and one of them about relationships because I want my current marriage to be my last one. Yeah, is that you can't get too comfortable in your relationship where there's not shiny. I like the way you said it. Like it can't be so comfortable that you're like gross in front of each other all the time to the point where there's no excitement. Like it has, there has to still be something that separates you from just anybody on earth. Yeah. Like my husband says, like he will forever be courting me. I love that. Like he will forever be courting me. We go on dates. We like to get dressed up together. Like I love to get dressed up and dolled Mm -hmm. up to go out. Like I want to be shiny. You want to be shiny. And you want to feel wanted. My husband um, gives, he sends me and leaves me love notes all the time. Like, and I say them all the time. And yes, it just, it takes what? Two seconds, right? This is my love language. Yeah. So even like a sticky note with like, Uh I love you on it is a gift for me. Yeah. I'm like, I will swoon over that. Yes. Yes. Swoon. Uh, So you were not feeling shiny. Did you try to make him feel shiny? shiny? Um, I really think that we were both babies, right? Like it was so interesting because after we had divorced, someone had shared with me that he made a comment about, well, you know, Billy Joe's not exactly the warmest human being. And I was like, ouch, shit. Like he's right. Right. Like, I mean, I can point all the fingers I want, but like yes. you're bound to repeat the mistakes you don't learn Thank from. You. There's never one person. I, I hate yeah. the question who wanted the divorce. Like there's two people involved and regardless yeah. of whether one person voiced it or not, our actions or inactions all lead up to the same idea that good marriages don't end in divorce. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when you find out about the infidelity, was it a surprise to you? Um, ish. Like, I swear, you know, when something's going down, right? You're like in you your know, belly. Yeah. You know, something's going down. So it wasn't, I wasn't like, it was just confirmation that I wasn't crazy. Yes. Really? That's what it was. It's like, oh, I'm not freaking crazy. Yeah. There is something going down. And again, it was, it was just the straw. Like we had done all the things we went to therapy together. Did he he was like, there was a problem. Like when you verbalized it to each other, did, did he say that something was missing? Yeah. Like, I remember we had a big argument and he was like, don't you think I know that I'm not being the husband that mm-hmm. you deserve? And it was like, yeah. And here I am like reading the books and going to therapy and reading the five love languages and like yeah. doing all the things. And he just wasn't, it wasn't yeah. the same. Like you said, there wasn't the same reciprocation, like the yeah. investment. Yeah. And I don't even, and not even in like a talking shit way. I just don't think we were taught. I don't think we're taught what investing and working out a relationship looks like. We're taught like, I want you to do this. Right. And if you don't do this for me, then you don't love me. Well, think about that. And that goes back to that question. Cause I work with, um, I work with many different like levels of where you're at in your marriage divorce story. And mm-hmm. one of them is called figuring it out, which is super uncomfortable when people like message me and they're like, Hey, do you know a good marriage counselor? And I'm like, no, that's kind of funny. Um, and then we do this session called figuring it out where I ask them super uncomfortable questions because yeah. they're kind of like on the edge. Yeah. And what, one of the things that we really look at is like, would you want your marriage for your children? Mm, I love that question. Oh, that's so uncomfortable. 
because you think you're supposed to stay in your marriage for your children. But then when you think about your daughter, would I hope that my daughter feels like this in her marriage? Oh my God, that's so heartbreaking. Yeah. And then one of my friends told me this quote too, when it was that a child would rather come from a broken home than live in one. Mm. Because it's so tense. Yeah. Like me and you know that we're going to get to it in a little bit is it's also not challenging, even though it's hard to not give them broken homes after it's on us. We get to make that decision to not make their lives miserable after the fact So once you find out about the infidelity, was that the straw that broke your marriage or did you still try to work on it? No, I was done. Yeah. It was one of the I was like done. And then, um, so I, I was the one who was like, I want a divorce. And he asked me to like, think it over. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a week. Guess what? I want a divorce. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then, um, did he want to save the marriage, even though he was caught? He said so, Mm -hmm. right? Like. But I think, I, I don't think either one of us were willing to put in the work to save it. Yeah. I don't think either one of us were ready or even willing. Mm-hmm. Like we knew it was going to be hard, but neither one of us did. Here I am remarried. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I just don't think that either one of us, I think we both knew like this is done. Yes. Right. This is done. And so. How old um, was your daughter? She was two. Oh, that's so nice actually. Because she'll only know a life with two right. separate homes and parents that are doing the work. Right. So how was the divorce proceedings and the separating and all that for you? Like, did you guys learn together? Like the best way to go about things? Was there any challenges? Yeah. So we knew even like from the get-go that we did not want this to be a nightmare. Good. Yeah. From the get-go, nobody. And I was living in the house with him for six months while we were getting divorced. Seven months while we were selling our house and legally going through the process because they wouldn't let us leave. It was miserable. Yeah. Yeah. My attorney was like, don't let you leave. But I almost am like thankful because it forced us to see each other every single day. And so you really, I really got to decide how miserable I wanted that experience. And one of my fears, even though, I mean, it's not a simple answer, like to get a divorce, right? There's so many complexities, but one of my big fears was what if I regret this for the rest of my life? And those seven months in that house together were the nail, like 75 nails in the coffin. I was like, okay, done. (laughs) Yeah. And so the same thing like that, we had six months to figure the shit out, yeah. but it never, it was always moving forward. There's your answer. Like we yeah. were always moving forward with the divorce. Yeah. And I am super grateful that he has shared the same thought process that like, we just want to get this over with. Like, I'm not trying to punish you. I'm not trying to take all of your freaking money. Yeah. Like, let's just get it. And done. you could have, I mean, lots of um, the other partner in an infidelity can use that to say like, you're screwed. I've got you. But if the goal is what's in the best interest for our child, that's not going to get you that best interest, right? Because you're, you're about to set up the rest of your life. And what people don't understand when they look at the idea of a divorce is that they're going to be done with this person. If there are children involved, you will be connected to that person until you die. Until you die. Period. There is no age 18. That means nothing. It doesn't. And I always like that. That was like always in the back of my brain. I'm so grateful. It was like, I know I can turn this into a shit show and we can be freaking divorcing yes. for 30 million years. And I can be fighting over a fucking crock pot yep. and 
the $120 or whatever a month, whatever, but it's like, you're going to earn every single penny of that. And is it worth my sanity? No, no, no. And what it does to your daughter, because what I always say is if you want to be in that miserable place of the divorce, one of you is going to be with your children while you're getting emails and text messages and calls from the lawyer or the other person. And if you don't think that the children are not affected by your energy and yeah. all that, I mean, you're insane. They're it's, so it's, smart. They, they, know. they get everything. They know, they feel they it. Know. They, they know it just because they're on digital doesn't mean anything. So you end up making the decision together that you don't want to ruin each other's lives yeah. and you go on, your child is very young. And how has, yeah. been, how has co-parenting been for you guys? We've always, I mean, there's, there's been ups and downs. We've had arguments here and there, but very few, like, I mean, we've been divorced 10 years now. And I think we've argued big arguments like twice. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Before we get into the exciting stuff about um, step parents and your new (laughs) lives, I have a couple of questions about your co-parenting. So will you tell me, did you guys have any discussions with your extended family about how they needed to behave? So like they didn't cause trouble because you know sometimes extended family has ideas about like how everybody should be treated and we are actually the ones the ones who are divorcing with the kids are the ones who get to set the examples role models like look we're gonna get along you guys all need to behave did you have any issues with that no not really everyone I always we always kept talking about the only person who's gonna lose is my daughter yeah the only person who's gonna lose is Avery the only person who will lose is Avery, like yeah. literally that sentence. And I remember I seeing someplace in like a random stepmom group that, and they're talking about something. And a woman said, I love my daughter more than I hate my ex-husband. I love that. I love and that. I love I that was so like, much. Bitch, yeah. spread that everywhere. Yes. And you know what? More than anything, because I mean, who, who are we kidding? I have times, I co-parent really well with my my husband, 90% of the time we're good. 10% of the time I'm like, I hope he gets anal warts, but like when that (laughs) happens, right. Even then he's half of my children who I love more than anybody on earth. And so I have to be a great actor and act as if, which we're going to get into my last question about your co-parenting. And then we're going to get into the new lives. And then what you do now is when you guys have issues what have you done to deal with it? Like to walk through those challenging times? Um, for me, it's always like, is the consequences of this battle worth it, right? Yeah. Like the consequence of any battle with co-parents is court. Oh. It's a co- possible consequence. Do you want to spend all of this time and money on an attorney and, and, energy. and right. energy for people who do not have your best interests in mind, by the way? No, they do not care. <laughs> no. Like I tell everybody like the courts are not there to make your co-parent not be an asshole. Like no. they're there to like, are you following the rules? Yes or no. That's it. Right. So it's like so much easier if we figure this out ourselves than to head down that road. Like I've been down that road with my now husband. I know how ineffective it is. Mm-hmm. So I almost have like a compare and contrast, right? Like I don't want to go to that yes. shit again. Yep. Do you have any guidance for any moms or dads that are um, separating with teeny, teeny children? Like that's helpful for how to set them up or do you feel like it doesn't matter age-wise? Like, did you guys, your schedule, was your schedule specific? Oh, our schedule is like kind of crazy because I was working um, 
I was still working as a nurse at the time and I was working evenings. So our custody schedule now is even still sort of set up around my old work schedule, but we were always super flexible with each other. And, uh, oh, I forgot what was the That's first the key, of the question. being super flexible. Super flexible, is yeah. So important. Yeah, oh, so we were talking about it. And I always tried to talk to her like it was gonna be like this super fun thing. Like you're gonna have two houses. That means you mm-hmm. get to have two bedrooms. Right. And you're gonna get to have two wardrobes. Yeah. Right, right. And two like, I tried to like talk to her that yeah. way. Like it's gonna be so awesome. Right. I remember trying to talk to her in that sense. Like this is gonna be amazing. Yeah. For <laughs> her and know. for me, really. Right. So <laughs> tell me, me, did you guys both get remarried? He is dating somebody seriously. They live together and I'm remarried. Yeah. So, we so both have others. when did the person he's dating come into your daughter's life? Oh, about six years ago, five years ago. Was there any discussion between you two about how that was going to happen? The introduction? Yeah. So we had a agreement before when we got divorced yeah. that our daughter would not meet anybody unless it was a serious relationship to the point of marriage. Did you put that in your sh- um, shared parenting plan or was it just a verbal agreement? Nope, it was just a verbal agreement. Yeah. So one of the things I do with, um, one of the things I do with clients is I do something called nuts and bolts and mm-hmm. I work with couples right when they're in the, like, the beginning of their divorce before yes. they have written. And I sit down with them virtually and we say, I, I'm, this is not legal. This is, I'm not a lawyer. I'm going over as a stepmother, as a co-parent, as a newly married person, all these things. What, I wish I would have had written down. And yes. one of them is how Absolutely. do we want to approach, right? Because what happens and, and no offense, guys, I love men is normally the man ends up meeting a new woman and they're like so excited. And then the woman's pressuring the man. I want to meet your kids right now. Yes. And if you don't have something in there, then yeah. the guy usually doesn't have a backbone enough to say like, sorry, I can't, yeah. it's in my document. Right. Yeah, so I think that's so document. important. It's so interesting to say that because I think it's so important like I'm grateful and I'm lucky that he and I are as flexible as we are because our custody agreement is so generic that it could actually screw us both. And the importance, like a custody agreement protects your time with your child Mm -hmm. and it protects the other parents' time with the child as much as it protects yours. Mm -hmm. So for the love of God, be as detailed as you possibly Yes. So I do that. Um, specifically when I do that nuts and bolts session, we talk about like, why don't we try to imagine what you want your child's life to be like in the future? Like not right. We're so focused in the divorce, like right now, what we're doing and what we're getting and how this, yeah. but like, let's imagine down the road, how do you want to celebrate Hanukkah or Christmas? How do you want to do Halloween trick or treating? Do you really want to miss every other year trick or treating when you only get a certain amount of years of trick or treating before they don't want to right. be with you? This is my first year. My youngest is 11. My oldest is 14. And I have a 13 year old that nobody wanted to be with me for Halloween. Like, so I, that's it. We're done. Like I, I didn't. And because we did our divorce the way that we did it, we didn't miss one trick or treating while we were divorced because we said, no, we're both going to be there. And we put it in our document. Yeah. And that's really important because if you don't want to miss those milestones, then you got to write it down. So tell me how you met your husband. Oh, so my husband, now I actually met him in college, like forever ago. And we didn't even date. He was just like this in the periphery. And so I forgot all about him. No offense, love. And then like my mom came home from work one day and she was like, I work with this girl and her brother knows you. And I was like, no, he don't. 
And she was like, yes, he does. He knows you. She was like, you guys were at some party and you were dancing on the table. And I was like, oh shit, he knows me. Uh Literally like him and his sister and I became good friends. And like, we just reconnected. It was crazy. So were you like in the same area? Were you living in the same area? Yeah, we were like in always in each other's orbit because I was hanging out with his sister. Like we were always in, he was, we were always in each other's orbit somehow. Like even before I hooked up with his sister, we found out that we lived like two blocks away from each other. Like it was totally serendipitous. Like we were always just missing each other. Like you've got mail. Yes. Like we were always just missing each other. And then finally the universe. So tell me how that went. So you find out that he knows you and then what happened? Oh yeah. So then he was actually dating my stepdaughter's mom at the time. And I was newly divorced. Okay. Yes. Yeah. The ex he was dating my stepdaughter's mom. And so, um, whatever I was like, I don't want any part of that situation. And then I had just gotten dumped, right? Like I had just gotten dumped. Had you been doing online dating? I had just been like, Oh, online dating for like a hot second. But most of the people I met was like through friends, right? Yes. At least then you can yell at them when the person yes. sucks. <laughs> and so I just broke, gotten broken up with it. It was like a Friday night, hanging out, having a glass of wine. And I get a Facebook message from him and he had unfriended me. And I has, he's like, Hey, how's it going? And I was like, why'd you unfriend me? Uh, <laughs> he's like drama, whatever. And I was like, I well, how are the, you woman, the other woman didn't like that. He was friends with you. Yeah. Exactly. And so he, I was like, how are you? And he's like, oh, I just got dumped. And I was like, me too. That's amazing. Me too. And we literally just started talking ever since it was like, it just never stopped. Yeah. From that, like Friday. That's amazing. It's like totally romantic. How long have you guys been together? Hmm. We've been together for seven years, married for five. And did you guys have any kids together? No, no, ours babies. And, and he has a daughter. He has two children with two separate moms. He's got an 18-year-old and a nine-year-old. And then I have a 12-year-old. All girls? Two girls, one boy. Nice. Okay, so tell me before we get into your coaching, what stepmom life was like for you and why you knew that you needed, that this area was needed. Oh, it was a fucking shit show. (laughs) It was a shit show. Like... It was shell shock to deal with other women. Before you get there, here's a question. Because I'm a stepmother too. Um, Before I even ask the question, I'm going to just kind of bring this out to you. Mm -hmm. Putting aside anybody who like, there's not a a mom or dad in the life. Like let's pretend that there's two healthy, sane parenting people. Not like someone's mom died or someone's dad died or they're not available, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I don't even like the term sometimes step parent of whatever it is because I think it's confusing to people like us who come in and we're like oh stepmom stepdad I'm supposed to be like a mom and a dad to you and that in my experience has been like the biggest dynamite you could possibly blow up in someone's face is because my children my children are have one mom and they feel very strongly about that and Mm -hmm. anyone that has come in and tried to act like a mom instead of Mm -hmm. just like I'm your father's partner and I'm here to like love you and and take care of you and support you but like I'm not you know what I mean same thing with me I've learned more of my stepmom skills from watching bad examples than from good examples and so going in I was very sensitive about not trying to ever step on anyone's boundaries yeah. What was your going in process before you got in? Like, did you have any thought in your mind, like what this is going to be like? Well, I immediately knew that I did not, 
I immediately knew I was not trying to be anybody's mother, right? Very like, smart. Could, yeah, <laughs> like even them calling me their stepmom feels super cringy for me. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm just their Billy Joe. Like, yeah, I love that. That's I'm what I just, say, I'm their Carly. But yeah, it would be weird I'm, if I said I was their Billy Joe. I think it would be really cool. <laughs> you could try it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I always I always knew like I didn't I didn't want to mess with that. Like yeah. I, I did have like because I wouldn't want somebody trying to be my daughter's mom. I'm not trying. That's the best tool ever is to ask yourself, how yeah. would you want somebody to treat your child? So yeah. if his youngest is nine, you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, she was two. Mm -hmm. So real little. Yeah. So what well, was it like in the beginning? You said it was a shit show. How, how was it a shit show? Um, I thought I knew what I was getting myself into. Like I thought I had this on lock, right? Like I thought I knew how it was going to go. And I thought that everybody in the world had a good co-parenting relationship, just like I did. Yeah. And I thought that like everybody had the right, same thought. Two, two moms to be co-parents yeah. with. Yeah. And I thought like everybody would just thought the same way I did about the whole situation. And no, nope. and there's my, my husband, ex-husband and I are super flexible with the custody. It's like, oh, you want to take her for this week? Okay. Yeah. You're going to take yeah. her whatever. And then to like be shell shocked where we were like constantly like, well, can we do this? No, no. Well, can we do that? That's not what no. our agreement. That's not what it says. Yeah. That's yep. Yeah. I was like, what? In resentment that makes all the decisions. And I had one that was so bad. So one of my best friend's daughters was killed in a car accident. Mm -hmm. We were out of town with all of our kids and we oh, needed the transition day to be moved up one day. So I could go and be by my best, you know, like one of my best friend's yeah. sons. And yeah. the ex said no, because I know that's what Carly wants. Yeah. And it's all about what she wants. And I was like, a child was just killed. Like, yeah. but they couldn't, they, when they're like that. And so I remember sitting on the stairs of a rental, a beach rental, and having my husband tell me why we were not able to, to make the transition earlier. And I was just like, I don't even understand what you're saying right now. Like, yeah. why are we not all behaving like humans? Like, why can we not just all be like humans right now? And yeah. that was when I realized that I never want to be that bitter, that I can't put my shit aside and be like, oh my God, another human's in pain. How can I, yeah. like, why don't we pretend that we're just humans, right? Yeah. So you were facing a lot of yuck. Yeah. And it was like, I was like, everyone, I remember being like, everyone has control over my life except for me. Oh my God. It's so uncomfortable. Right. Like they get to say when I see my, my schedule, see how yeah. long they get to see my yeah. schedule. Yes. No, maybe please. You I don't can't know. make vacation plans. You can't make any plans. They things get everything is, well, can you ask her? And then there's tension and then you're mad at each other because there's tension and it's a yes. cluster. Right. Yes. Well, then you have the arguments like yes. that I'd be arguing with him about, I thought he handled it wrong. Right. I'm like, you oh, should yeah. have said A, B, C, D, F, G. Why did you bring up H, I, J, K, L, M, N, yes, P, sure. right? Like, yeah. And then I make the proclamations. I give up. I am not going to have anything to do with the schedule anymore. I'll just see you when I see you. And then that doesn't go very well. No, we tried. Yeah. I, I tried to the whole like I don't fucking care, which is yeah, a lie yeah, because yes. you care. Yes, of course. You care. So were both yeah. of the um co-parents on your husband's side, were they both challenging or just one of them? No, just one. Yeah. I mean, challenging in their own right, but one was mainly the most like difficult, like just 
my idea of co-parenting was not her idea of co-parenting. And I had no say over that. We had to go by what her vision was and what the custody order said. And I literally remember at one point being like, like we'd, we'd make, um, we'd make exchanges like, okay, well, you need her this day. Okay, cool. You need her that day. Well, then we'll just pick her up this day. And then the day for our extra time would come and something would magically happen Mm -hmm. and we wouldn't get our extra time. Yeah. And I remember being like, talking to my husband and being like, that's it. The custody agreement is freaking law. Yeah, because there's nothing else you could do, right? You you have to, that's why that is so important. And one of the the best pieces of advice that I didn't take that I now give my clients is Mm -hmm. slow down when you're making that agreement and be very methodical about it because it is almost impossible to change unless you have a boatload of money. And it's extremely important to know what you're agreeing to, right? So at what point during your journey did you realize I need to be a coach and help other step parents? Is it just step moms? Well, I, my, I said I'm a blended family coach, but I work mainly with women. Yes. So I, um, we did the things, shit got rocky. My husband and I went to therapy. We did couple therapy, individual therapy. And I tell everybody like, I love therapy saved my life, it saved our marriage. Okay. But there came a point where I was like, okay, well, I don't hate him and I don't want to leave him, but I'm not happy either. Like, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do when I'm so freaking anxious on the day of exchanges that I'm hiding in the basement because I don't want to fucking see her. Yeah. Like, tell, what do I do then? And a grounding exercise isn't fucking it. Okay. <laughs> like, and it was when I got into coaching that I felt like it gave me tools. It was like, oh, do this. And I was like, oh. So can you give us an example of what this is? Uh, like, so we, if you're a coach, we talk about how like thoughts create your yeah. emotions, right? Which drive your actions. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this human is causing me so much pain. If she would just act right, I would feel so much mm-hmm. better. Right. Like if she would just act like a human, I would feel so much better. And coaching is like, no, she can be whatever the hell she wants to be. I get to decide how I want to feel, which is so empowering. Yeah. It's like liberation. Do you know what I remember so well? Because I'm a visual person. I felt myself. um, It was for my current husband's ex. And I really thought there would never be another person that I would dislike as much as her because of the many things that she did. Yeah. I, a couple of things. One, I remember feeling like this paddle boat that was tied super tight to like a dock. And you know, like when you try to pull something that's tied, when you try to pull it away, the more you try to pull it, the tighter it gets. Yeah. And I finally got to a place. And of course it was not from doing beautiful things. Like it was getting really yucky inside of my chest where I like in my mind took like a knife, like a pocket knife and worked really, really hard to cut that rope and then when it finally cut you know how super tight it is right before it finally cuts when it finally cut the tension was gone and I forgave her and it wasn't like I forgave her and I like wanted to like hug her yeah it was like I don't want to be angry I don't want to carry this I could see what it was putting in between me and my my current husband who I did not want to have that in between us like having her in our bed in my mind like wasn't making me nauseous you know what I mean and so I did things like sending her donuts on mother's day. Like, you know what I mean? Like little things that are not about her at all. They're about me getting free. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that we don't have moments where you're like, Oh yeah, I remember who you are. But like, I learned from watching bad behavior that I, sh- I will never speak a negative word about her in front of 
his kids because I will never have them hear that because that's their mother. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We made that rule too. It was like, there was no trash talking and for the kids. Yes. So like, tell me what yeah. you did and like how you became a blended family coach. So literally I remember like searching, we said, and you can, it's better now that there are more questions, but you could Google blended family and nobody gave you an answers. It was like all the way left to like yes. sing kumbaya and hold yeah. hands. And then it was like all the way right to where like, you're basically acting like separate families. Yes. And I was they like, call them like parallel parenting, yes. not even co-parenting. I was like, what? The, no, I, we're not any of this. Yeah. And then literally a friend was like, you need to listen to this podcast, the life coach school for Castillo. Mm-hmm. And I started listening to it and I was like, this is it. Like this is it. And I started going through the work and like, you know, it was literally like emotion. It's like, I tell everybody like, um, all the time when I'm talking, you're talking to clients, it's like, yeah, they get to behave however you want, but you don't have to be emotionally tied to it. It is so freeing to know that I don't have to decide how I'm going to feel based on what you're doing or not doing. Yeah. And so then I was like, well, nobody's talking about this shit. I'm going to talk about it. Yes. I'm so I'm glad talking you're talking about, about it. it. Yeah. Do you, have a, do you have a blended family dream like really far away in your mind? Like when your kids are all adults? Oh, I, I don't have a blended family I do. dream. Can I what talk is to your you? blended family dream? So Give did you ever me. see that um, series called Parenthood? Like back in like 10 years ago um, mm-hmm. with like coach was the father and um, Dak Shepherds was in it as one of the brothers. God, it's like right there and I can't yeah. see it, but it's keep, a, going, it's, keep going. It's a cluster. They're a cluster. They're silly. They all come back to the house because they have so many problems. Mm-hmm. But in, in that family, it was very hodgepodge put together, messy, but beautiful. And in my dream co-parenting world, and I'm going to get it because I'm going to work my ass off. When all of our kids are adults and I have three boys, my husband has living three children and then out extended, extended, there's all these kids, right? My dream is that when it's Thanksgiving and we're adults, mm. that everybody comes over to my house because I'm probably the only one crazy enough to do it. And I have like 75 tables set up, you know, with like long, long yeah. tablecloths. Yeah. You know, everyone's bringing potluck. And we're all sucking it up and sitting together and you're extended and you're extended and you're extended. So no one's kids have to be apart from their family on those important days and it might only happen once and I'll have like my moment but like I want to be the person that's like I don't care I can sit with anybody for two hours and smile and make you feel comfortable and safe because it's not about me yeah you just have to see them as humans yeah yes so tell me how you started working with clients and what you think clients big struggles are before they start working with you that you help them with Oh my goodness. We cover it all. Like you, everything from like dealing with high conflict exes to, um, step mom, it's usually stepmom, step kid relationships, right? It's usually like the opposite bio parent, whatever. You're relationships. usually talking to a mom and yep. her ex's new partner is the issue. So I'm usually talking to the stepmom who has to deal with her husband's ex who's high conflict. Yes. Right. So the, the stepchild's mom who's causing trouble yes they're having trouble with like bonding or dealing with their own stepchildren and I have a question about that yeah go for it so my husband is Mm -hmm. got a life partner and he's very happy Mm -hmm. with her and Mm -hmm. she and my kids are like oil and water 
and mm-hmm. um there's just been a lot of water under the bridge and and we're hoping that it's going to get better but what my advice that I gave him and I want to know if I gave it wrong but I'd love your guidance with it is yeah. to not keep pushing just, just let yeah. it happen like just let everybody be the way that they are and not make everybody you say hi to this person you do this and you do that because it's so forced that my kids are starting to feel not like comfortable anymore. And you know, like when you keep pushing at something, it gets irritated. What is your guidance? If you were guiding her, like how would you guide her in that? Because they want my ex and her want so badly for this family unit to be a specific way, but my kids are just not there yet. They're just like, stop talking to us about everything. Yeah. I think first of all, like when you're trying to shove any relationship into an ideal of what you think the relationship could be, you're getting in the way of them finding out how to make it work. Yes. You're slowing it down. And just because everyone's not holding hands and singing Kumbaya doesn't mean anything's wrong. Right. Like all relationships are different. Like I I literally just had this conversation with my client about her differing relationships with her stepkids. And I was like, okay, I love my mom. I love my dad. My relationship with my mom is different than my relationship with my dad. I don't love them any less. It's just different. Mm -hmm. Different isn't a problem. I think what it is I heard when you were just saying that is that the adults, whether the stepmom, stepdad, whatever, have an idea in their mind of how it's supposed to look. And mm-hmm. what, what gets in their way is their idea mm-hmm. rather than just saying, let's just see how this goes and I'll just be kind and warm and not pushy. Yeah. And we'll just all just try. I mean, we have to remember kids, like my kids are in a, you know, an awkward teenage age. Like they don't want to talk to me about anything. They're not yeah. going to want to talk. You know what I mean? So like you have to also read the room, you know what I mean? And not push yeah. and push and push. So I love that reminder that for all of us that any idea we have of what a relationship should look like we need to step back and ask like who are we actually dealing with here yeah like you and you're in the when you're like trying to force it to this thing you're missing out on all of these opportunities of what it could be right like you put yourself in this little box that it's already not working but you kind of keep trying to shove it in the box and it's not working when if you just like took a left turn instead of insisting on going right, it could be even better, right? Yeah. And I always tell like my, I always knew, and I always tell my stepmoms like, and I talk about this in my stepmom group, like you do not make children responsible for your emotions. Oh, thank you. Can I just tell you how many freaking conversations we've had with my child psychologist about his partner's feelings and she's 50. And I'm like, can we stop talking about her feelings? Like, I wish her well, but we're talking about an 11 year old kid here. And that's the only feelings we should really be focusing on. So when you put your adult feelings on a child, whether they're your your bio child or your stepchild, that's right. It's just, it's not good. Yeah. It's not their responsibility. It's a lot of pressure and they shouldn't be navigating and jockeying, trying to figure out how you're going to feel. No. Yes. It's your job to manage you and then be unattached to how they react. Unattached is a word that keeps coming up. So I'm going to just honor that. Um, I need to be unattached to so many things right now. Results, Mm -hmm. um, attachment in all ways. And and it makes me, which is so interesting because I was just telling you about the boat. 
and how much better I felt when I unattached myself to it. So we get to be okay, no matter what, what do you tell stepmoms about the relationship between the other mom, like the bio mom? Do you have any guidance for like how they can make that better? What do you mean? Give me an example. So let's say for example, um, my husband's ex, so the bio mom Mm -hmm. just doesn't love me so much. Mm. And is there anything as a stepmom you would recommend or guide me to do to kind of soften that relationship so it didn't create issues within our, our family? Well, we can't control the other humans. Right. Right. We can influence them, but we cannot control them. Right. So for me, it's all always a matter of like, I'm going to show up and be the best form of me that I can be. And whether she chooses to receive that or not has nothing to do with me. Right. That's on her. Right. Right. Like she gets to decide whether she wants to engage and accept it from me or not, but I'm just going to decide to show up as the best me. And it feels like there's some justification in being an asshole. Let's not lie. Yeah. Right. Like it, it, you can, I can get very stuck in justification, but being a good human actually feels way fucking better. And it's so much less stressful because when it's over, you don't feel bad. Like you did something wrong and you have to make an amends for it, which is my least favorite thing to do ever. Right. Um, okay. I know our time is almost up. I have a quick question for you before we go. go. Tell yeah. me two things. What two last questions. My second last question is what guidance do you have for step parents to make their life smoother between themselves and their new partner? Ooh, and their new partner. Remember that you're a team and not an alliance. What do you mean by that? So a team, like a soccer team, when they're all there to get to a common goal, they're all working together to move the ball down the court, right? Yeah. Down the field, excuse yeah. me. We're all like picking up where the other person left off We're a team. An alliance is like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to participate with you so I get what I want, but you're going to participate with me so that you get what you want, but there's no real like investment in each other. It's not like a partnership. It's, yeah. it's, it's keeping score and keeping yes. track of what, yes, I love it. And then last but not least, because I know our listeners are going to be cross needing both of us. How okay. can people find you and find your services? Mm. Yeah. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram. It's controlled chaos coaching. I love and it. I also have a stepmom group, a Facebook group on um, a Facebook group on Facebook. That makes mm-hmm. sense. And it's called Stepmom Mastery. I love it. Yeah, it's good stuff. I'm so excited. This has been so such a breath of fresh air with everything that's going on. I just I needed it. I don't know if you have a filter on your Zoom, but your face looks beautiful. And oh my God, I love you. You're my new best friend. <laughs> Thank you. And, and I'm so grateful that we got to talk because again, you remind me, don't be attached to any of it. It's not your stuff. And yeah. I get to empower myself and own my, my behavior because that's really all that matters. Yeah. We're the only ones we can control and you get to decide. Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks, lady. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye, honey. For any listeners out there who want help with divorce coaching, please contact me at inyourcornercoach at gmail.com. Remember, we get to write this next chapter for our kids, for ourselves, and the world around us. Have a great day.